The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Are you making the most of your KiwiSaver investment? Generate is an award-winning KiwiSaver provider with a track record of strong long-term performance. Making a smart decision now could add tens of thousands of dollars by the time you reach retirement. Book a no-obligation chat with a Generate KiwiSaver advisor today at generatekiwisaver.co.nz slash advice. A copy of the product disclosure statement is available at generatekiwisaver.co.nz. The issuer of the scheme is Generate Investment Management Limited and of course past performance does not guarantee future returns. The Fold is brought to you by O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Kelda, and welcome to a very emergency, a very emergency, a very special emergency episode of The Fold. As you might be able to tell, I'm a little bit excited. There has been a massive news drop today, which has implications within the New Zealand media but also within the global media, but also within big technology and what is known as the tech clash. It feels like an eruption of this sort of long-simmering tension that has existed all over the world between Facebook in particular, but also big technology and, and the news media and, and government. And we've all been sort of watching and waiting and seeing these kind of little sort of skirmishes and head fakes and, and feints happening and now it's sort of finally here that that's the way it feels right now maybe that'll all change but um i just want to talk about it because i can't stop thinking about it and it just has so many complexities to it that i haven't not got nowhere near resolved but i think that we all should and, and certainly fans of this podcast will want to be across the Fold is brought to you by Vodafone for Business. The spinoff uses Vodafone for Business and it's a hell of a good time. Strongly recommend you go to vodafone.co.nz and check out their offer. Uh, it's also made possible by the spinoff members. Go to members.thespinoff.co.nz and uh, help us make more spinoff if you can. So this morning, 7.38am, I get an email from a guy who I know who works in the Facebook News Partnerships team. Uh, I've written a, a short, like a quick piece of analysis on the spinoff about this. The email was five sentences long and basically said that as of this morning, as of right now, you can no longer share news on Facebook, either as a citizen or as a news organisation within Australia. And... That doesn't just go for Australian news organisations, it also goes for any international news organisation. Basically, news has vanished from Facebook within Australia. That is enormous. So I'll just start off with a bit of the background to how we got to this extraordinary moment. Last year, maybe even the year before, the ACCC, which is their version of the sort of the Commerce Commission, issued this landmark report that basically found uh, a major issue with in the relationship between two organisations, Google and Facebook, and the Australian media. It implied that through the process of surfacing and distributing news content through search as a platform and uh, social as, as a platform, that those organisations were deriving massive benefit from that service and revenue out of that, but weren't transmitting that on to the news organisations that they linked to. The legislation as it came out forced Google and Facebook to either make a deal with the various news organisations in Australia to compensate them for acting as distributors of their content, 
or go to arbitration, at which point the arbitrator would decide what that was worth, which is obviously a blank check of a question, could be reasonable, could be entirely unreasonable, but it would become binding. And that were they not to participate in that in this process, there'll be fines which could be as large as the hundreds of millions of dollars per instance. So what happened next was that, that Facebook and Google, quite understandably, were infuriated by this. You know, they saw it as breaking the one of the fundamental tenets of the internet, which is the free exchange of links. You know, like that everyone is free to post, surface, do what they want with links, and that that should not be something that that should be charged for. The stakes were incredibly high, both Google in search and Facebook in terms of its uh, use of news. Like Google threatened to pull out of Australia, essentially to remove search from Australia and that will obviously would be an enormous thing. You know, you think about the amount that you use search everywhere from, you know, shopping to finding out news, finding out where you can get your car repaired to whether there's been a new COVID outbreak. Like it's just, for a lot of people, you know, search is their primary way of accessing the open internet. And Facebook has spent 15 years telling us you know, that it is almost like a shadow internet, a walled garden version of the internet where you can conduct your entire online life from your relationships to your communication to shopping to consuming news. To remove news from that, it's never happened before. We just don't really know what that does to the service. And certainly we don't know what a, a major society that's had 15 years worth of search we don't know what happens to that society, how they work around it. Now, the Google strand, which I'll just, I won't dwell on because it's sort of resolved in a way, the, the tensions there were, were ratcheted up because Microsoft, which has got a very unsuccessful but still existing, uh, I guess you could say, search engine called Bing, basically saw an opportunity to exert competitive leverage here and basically said, we're happy to participate in this code. Bing is not a revenue center of any consequence for Microsoft, whereas search is everything for Google in terms of revenue. The, the, a huge proportion of its uh, revenue comes through that service. The prospect of potentially losing a territory to Microsoft was just basically too scary for them. And yesterday, they uh, announced a deal with News Corp and uh, seven other major publishers essentially breaking ranks in that sort of firewall that existed where both Google and Facebook had these enormously scary threats. And, and the, the prospect of that was, was sort of unknowable. What, what happens if they follow through on them was a thing that both government and those two businesses and Australian consumers should be scared of. Like, would consumers blame the government for that and then essentially toss them out of power? And we know how much Australia likes to spill uh, you know, like it could very well be the end of Scott Morrison's career as Prime Minister. Or would they, you know, whipped up by, no doubt, by a partisan or, or self-interested media, blame Facebook and Google for that and lose market share and, and power and just Australia as a territory as a result? It was all sort of unknowable. Then Google basically blinked. They now have effectively told governments all around the world that they will make these deals. So that's a giant sort of flashing light that all these governments, which, by the way, have lost massive amounts of tax revenue through the pandemic and are uh, you know, mostly much more indebted than our own, are always looking for new revenue streams. 
that is a way of propping up a media which is which is in decline uh, without having to to spend that money yourself. So the threat of contagion was real, but obviously Google felt like the bigger danger of losing Australia as a market to Microsoft of the two horrible meals in front of it was the one they most wanted to eat. Facebook uh, were obviously ready for that eventuality, and the very next day they have said, we're not going down that right. We won't, we won't capitulate. So they have banned news in Australia as of right now. Right now, if you uh, if you go to any of the major Australian news organisations pages, you'll see this this account hasn't posted yet. There's just nothing there. If you try and post as a citizen, you try and post a link to an Australian news site, it comes up with a, a light blue on white message telling you that the content has been blocked from being distributed. This is huge. Like Facebook is is a real time, you know, communication device. If you can't communicate news through it, obviously its utility is diminished. But when there's a tsunami or a or an outbreak in your neighbourhood, the fact that you can't share a news story about that that's a major deal. What is the potential for Facebook to become, which has already got a big uh, misinformation disinformation problem, to now become? a hub full of hoaxes and lies, even more so, without the countervailing effect of someone being able to drop in the comments and say, well, actually, here's, here's the, the real... That, you know, this is all... Like Facebook, which was already struggling with this stuff, I, I really think that that's going to be a major issue for it. What does it do to the news industry in Australia? We've already seen staff take this kind of brave, noble audacious stand and not posting to Facebook. But I think part of the calculus it will have had is that even if it didn't post to its page, that will affect some proportion of its traffic, but people can still share stuff content there. So, you know, it wasn't a total deadweight loss of socialism medium. It was a lack of participation themselves. It has had an impact on traffic, but if it happened to everyone all the time, does that just sort of lock people in with their current audiences? What do people do from there? Does homepage traffic elevate, which you know for the most part is more valuable than social traffic? It's just this giant unknown. It's this huge experiment that I think anyone who works in analytics or in media will be immediately just all over the data. I think, I think it will be a very fascinating thing to do. At the same time, I'm very glad that New Zealand hasn't done it because overall – Facebook, is an, I think, is a net positive to New Zealand media. Let's just pick one example. On Tuesday, we posted the latest episode of Scratched, which is our sports documentary series that covers predominantly women and people of colour who were overlooked in their primes. And we do a short documentary that, that covers you know, the, the, their careers, their lives, their reflections, um, how their identity impacted uh, their their sport and their success. And I love this thing. We won the New Zealand TV Award for Best Sports Program last year for it. We just did one on Tōriki Delamere, who you might remember as uh, a New Zealand First MP and an Opportunities Party candidate last election. It does crazy pioneering forward flip somersault, uh, which you know, sports scientists think that this might be physiologically the most effective way of uh, long jumping, that it could have become the dominant form. It looks Wild. It was also immediately banned, and so it's this little kind of curiosity of history. We just, so we did this documentary about it. It's really, really great. It's nearing a million views in 48 hours. It's one of the most successful things that we've ever done out of Hexwork Productions, our, our sister company that makes video work. It's humming around the world. According to 
the new Facebook guidelines, A, it'll be invisible in Australia, but B, were this legislation to be enacted here and Facebook to respond in the same way, we would lose that as a channel. That is our whole strategy, and that's the whole strategy of dozens of people. That's just a sort of small micro example of you know, how consequential this will be. And their definition of news is incredibly broad. Uh, you know, Richard Irvine, um, a former New Zealand cricket communications person, just shared on Twitter a, a, a snapshot of Cricket Australia, which is a sort of a Crick Info competitor's Facebook page, 900,000 followers, no posts. So the definition of news is broad enough to include basically like a cricket news site. Where does that end? I was just talking with Toby Manhai, the spin-off editor. When there's a rain day at the Point Chevalier School so that cross country's cancelled, is that news? If a person is live streaming and starts talking about current events, at what point does that become news? You know, is it only news if it's an outside source? It's just a very, very complex web and how it can be exploited, all the potential dangers of it won't become clear immediately, but they will become clear pretty fast, I would have thought, because the bad actors of the world have spent sort of 15 years learning how to sort of leverage holes in, in platforms to cause chaos. All that said, because legislation is contagious, the fact of Google basically buying into it means that there's every chance that this legislation spreads worldwide and Facebook will then be in a quandary. Does it maintain its hard line and just keep dropping territories or does it figure out a way to work with the system? I should say, and I quoted Benedict Evans, who's a great tech analyst and investor whose newsletter you should subscribe to if you're into that sort of thing, who described links are like the internet's plumbing and he thinks that there's a good case for ring-fencing some proportion of either re, you know, revenue or, or profits within a country for sustaining of a news media because you kind of need a news media and that is functionally where a lot of revenues that had previously been taken by publishers, they've gone to a, a more efficient system, which is um, search and social. But the case for doing it in the, the way that the system design, system designs matter, and the system design that the ACCC and the Australian legislature have imposed is just not a particularly smart or intuitive one, and that's why you've had this result. So the big thing that, that kind of strikes me about it is that it's getting real now. The earlier part of last decade, there was just a long period where the likes of uh, Facebook and, and you know, Google slash Alphabet were covered very uncritically. They were just these sort of golden boy geniuses making the world a better place, building communities. You know, you had the Arab Spring and everyone was just like, this, this stuff's amazing. And then through the middle part and, you know, with Brexit, Trump and so on, you know, society started to see these things for what they were. And then... In you know the last couple of years, I think it's become a crescendo. Arguably, it's it's gone too far in terms of the dominant conception of the big tech companies is of these uncontrolled, unregulated evildoers, which I think probably is is vastly oversimplifying their roles in society. But fundamentally, that had led to huge bouts of well, what are we going to do? You know, you'd seen Europe make little moves. France has, has legislation which forces 
Google to pay for publishing snippets and there have been some antitrust suits filed, but they're sort of there've been some fines levied. These things are all sort of in motion and they were all broadly in the category of the cost of doing business or just far enough into the future that they weren't going to happen. This is the first time legislation has either been passed or got close to passing such that one of the companies has made what I consider to be a massive, massive decision. You know, and you've seen like in the last few weeks with the um, banning of of, uh, Trump from the various social platforms, them starting to realise how hot it was getting. It's weird. I I I think Trump should have been banned from social media a number of times for for his role in the capital rights. I, I, I don't know. That's sort of off topic to an extent. But the the point is, you can just you can feel that their sense of just sort of unrestrained power is diminishing, and you know Facebook's always been a bit of the odd one out. It's so specifically Mark Zuckerberg's id, in a way that most of the other companies have got a bit bigger and more comp- corporate and complex. And he's just he's a fighter. He reads the classical accounts of of wartime generals from Roman. He really believes in the the sort of CEO as the kind of emperor type thing. It's why he's quite a a scary figure, and it's why fa- the way that Facebook behaves in these situations isn't necessarily the way that you would expect the same company with a different leader to behave. It's not just the automatic um, response. Look, it's going to be a very, very interesting ride. It might be that someone blinks or cooler heads prevail and they get around a table and it's resolved in a few days and this is just remembered as a historical curiosity. Or this could be the start of society pushing back against the unregulated power of the big technology companies and starting to bend them so that they aren't so destabilizing to society as a whole. That will be a messy process. There will be legislation passed that is brilliant and makes sense and some passed that is just kind of chaotic and has quite a negative outcome. But I think the fact of this happening and the fact of it causing a move from Facebook will only embolden legislators depending on what the result is for the Morrison government, whether they're seen as heroes for standing up to big tech or idiots for breaking it. Yeah, I remember when David Cunliffe a few years ago talked about you know, I think he made some allusion to potentially banning Facebook, and it was the reaction was not great. I mean, some of that's just David Cunliffe, but some of it was because that was a time when Facebook was just viewed as mostly unambiguously good. It's still embraced by politicians. I mean, Jacinda Ardern communicates through it almost constantly. But I think that the the period where you you know you could do that uncritically and where legislators were mostly too scared to go up against them, that might be coming to an end. And that is, at the very least, a very exciting thing to be witnessing. Uh, and just another you know, another thing that tells us that the chickens are coming home to roost and this, this, we are now living in the period where some of these great questions that have been talked about for a long time around the regulation of, of the internet and, and technology companies are finally starting to happen. No doubt we will return to it. I want to thank Jane Yee for just leaping into the studio and letting me unleash this tirade. Uh, I thank you for listening. I thank Vodafone again for supporting The Fold. And I would encourage you, if you like this podcast, to uh, subscribe, rate, and review it. 
That was The Fold, brought to you by our partners at O Media, making brands unmissable and public spaces better across Aotearoa. Huge thanks to O Media for sponsoring this episode of The Fold and enabling us to make unmissable connections with Kiwis. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.